Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of a brand new show here on a on AEW on Love Wrestling CA uh, called Firmly AEW. I am JPJ, and as you can see to my side right here, we have Big Money Drew, Drew Nicholas. He's been on the Love Wrestling platform before as a guest, so I think this is his debut as a member of our Love Wrestling community. We're going to be doing this every Thursday morning, recapping all things All Elite. But first and foremost, I want to welcome Drew to the team. I'm very excited. We've been working on this idea for a few weeks now. Very excited that we are finally here. We are at the debut. Feeling good. How are you, my friend? I am just joyous to be here. That was uh, the first time I saw our graphic and our, our music and mm -hmm. it's uh that got me pumped yeah. i'm real ready for this yeah i am too i think this is going to be fun um i've been you know i've been with love wrestling for coming on a couple years now and i've always i feel like i've always been involved in the AEW stuff but it's kind of taken its twist and turns we've had multiple different shows watch alongs things like that so i'm very excited to stick with AEW. and once you said you were interested in doing something i was like okay like Let's make sure we uh, we make this right and we do this we do this thing. We got I believe that's probably Spencer or Zach. I'm gonna say it's Spencer behind us. Same morning, you handsome folks. Morning, glad to see you here, my friend. Happy belated National Scissoring Day to everybody. By the way, I know we all celebrated that last night, which we'll talk about. But I did want to say that off the top. Happy belated. It is a national holiday, so we do want to make sure that anyone celebrating we. We acknowledge. Especially so, if you announce it in the state's capital. Exactly. Washington, D.C., you know, so, it is what yeah, it is. Absolutely. So this show, and Drew, I'll let you chime in here as well. We've been talking about, you know, we're going to, clearly we're going to cover Dynamite every week. We're going to cover Rampage every week. This week, so on next week's show, we'll also cover Battle of the Belts because that is happening Friday. That is happening Friday, tomorrow night as well. Uh, we're going to do a preview of that later on. And then... We might not necessarily cover dark and dark elevation weekly, but anything of substance, anything that matters, like that truly matters storyline wise, or if there's just a killer match or here or there, we will definitely be lumping that into our discussion weekly as well. We're going to be covering all things AEW, but the focus will be around the shows that we watch on our national television, which is Rampage, Dynamite, and any of the news surrounding AEW, which is unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, we got some Plenty. news again. Uh, of that. yeah. So we're going to be starting off this show talking about the, the main topic at hand that everyone has been talking about the last, you know, handful of days, but it seemed to hit a boiling point yesterday before the show. Uh, and that is the Sammy Guevara Andrade El Idolo, uh, friction that turned into a confrontation that turned into a physical altercation. Drew, I'll, I'll let you obviously start this off, but like uh, just in general, before we dive into this specific one with these two, this is a trend now with AEW. I feel like it has been for a little while, Unfortunately, but yes. yeah, but I feel like this is becoming a strong trend of, you know, Sammy Guevara had an issue with Eddie Kingston literally what a month ago, a month and a half ago. Here's Lou. Lou just decided to join the show here. Um, <laughs> 
you know, he had an issue with Sammy uh, with Eddie Kingston, like literally not that long ago to where a match had to be postponed. And now on Friday night, we were supposed to get another match with Andrade and 10 of the Dark Order. And because of everything that went on here, another match has been now postponed because of backstage antics. So just in general, before we dive in on specifically Guevara and Andrade, how do you... How does this make you feel about AEW? Because I've always been very, pro, and I still am, very pro AEW. But as a pro AEW guy, I'm getting a little sick and tired of this shit, to be honest with you. Like, I'm getting a little sick and tired of, Lou, you are killing me here, brother. Um, I'm getting a little sick and tired of, like, I understand using social media to, like, further storylines and further and further things like that. But this is not what's happening here. Like, this is, like, it seems like children like just bantering and arguing with each other. And it's starting to affect the show. And it's starting to annoy me as an AEW fan. Now, again, it doesn't annoy me to the point where I'm not going to stop watching because I love AEW. But it is getting rather annoying and tedious to me. So I'll kind of hand it off to you so you can say your piece about it. Like, how do you feel about all this kind of stuff happening, which seems to be pretty often? And then we'll kind of dive into this specific stuff that's going on here. Right. So I, um, I, I've kind of evolved a bit in my wrestling fandom to where I used to be very deeply affected by people's opinions and the thoughts of the general public and it affecting my viewing of wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do not feel that way anymore. And okay. Now, of course, this is the drama of the company itself that we're talking about. Um, I am in the same boat as you, where I, I am annoyed at the drama that's happening in the back, but I absolutely still love watching the show. And in fact, I would dare say, when we get into the review of last night's Dynamite, um, the three-year anniversary of Dynamite, I feel it was actually a very strong show. It was. Regardless of yep. what was going on with backstage stuff. Um, he is Sammy, as we just brought up. Uh, Sammy has some interesting backstory, for sure. Uh, he's been uh, known to have some locker room issues in places that he's gone to and has been now directly involved in two backstage altercations within a month and a half pretty much of each other um so that's a bit problematic i would say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though he was not uh reportedly the aggressor in both altercations yeah uh it's he, a bit he started strange. he started the so right. you know it, it ends up that the reports and we'll get we're gonna dive into like the actual twitter exchange and kind of we're not gonna spend a ton of time on this but we're it, it is the topic at hand but it seems that like the reports come out and they say well sammy during the altercation part of it sammy was not the aggressor on both like he was very much right. like trying not to be physical or whatever like that, but 
in both in both instances, Sammy was kind of the guy that started popping off at the mouth first. That started everything that would then turn into what they turned into with Kingston and now right. with Andrade. So it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, he might not have been the aggressor, but the whole thing wouldn't have happened if he wasn't, if he just wouldn't have, if he would have kept his mouth shut, you know what I mean? Or had maybe a private conversation or been tried to be an adult about the situation and be, you know, yeah. you know, I, we Thanks. all, we're not professional wrestlers, clearly, but we all work with other people. Most of us have jobs where we work with other people. You don't always see eye to eye with everybody you work with, but you don't just start spouting off at the mouth or having physical altercations with everybody you don't see eye to eye with. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, there's a way to handle it, and it seems like Sammy is very, very okay with being the smart ass and saying smart ass comments. But then when the stuff blows up, he's very okay with being like, oh, I I, I I didn't I didn't you know wasn't me you know yeah and it doesn't help when the non-aggressor who was still involved directly in an altercation then is still on television and mm -hmm. then gets the main event pinfall victory oh yeah Which, on a major show yeah so uh it, it's it's there's just it's so convoluted and there's so much stuff and. Listen, I'm I'm a fan of Sammy Guevara. I mm -hmm. if you find me a first action figure I ever purchased is sitting right there. Sammy Guevara. Yep. Um I think that he is a phenomenal wrestler. I think that he is a great addition to a roster, but he mm -hmm. himself needs to take a look in the mirror and go okay, obviously I am, while I am not the aggressor in any of these issues, I am definitely aiding in the aggression. Yeah. So maybe it's not a good idea to go on Twitter and spout off all the backstage drama. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not conducive to just a positive backstage environment. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's simply not the right thing to do you know like yeah a lot of people have in the past couple of days made comparisons to you know this is firmly aw but of course the other company of the logo that's right above me is <laughs> uh gonna come into play um he's with andrade now andrade have made obvious little you know he's plant these little seeds of mm -hmm. hey i'm not happy he like yeah. a couple of other people have yeah malachi and buddy and and a few others um cody who you know, oh, yeah. left the company and went back to wwe mm -hmm. um but when people are in wwe they're not doing what a lot of people in AEW have done where no. they go on Twitter and just start, you know, shooting at the hip legitimately yeah. and not in storyline. Uh, you know, they do storyline Twitter stuff all of the course, time. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm all for. Like that's part yeah. that's part of our culture now. Social media is 
the you can argue the biggest presence in our culture now. So and I like I like Twitter being used for that. And and I do. I think that's a smart thing to do. And I, I do feel like there's just and this is going to sound weird because there's been a whole lot of unprofessionalism with the other company, but I just feel like the, the workers and the performers that are working for WWE, they seem to understand it more to the point where they're like, we're not, it just seems like there's more of a professionalism among the talent in WWE that they know like, Hey, we're not going to go on Twitter or on social media or even on an interview really and spout off about real life stuff. If we have real life stuff, whether they figure it out or not, we don't know because we usually don't hear about it. And it's right. it's not like it's never happened. Like there's a the famous fight with Brock and Jericho. Like we hear about stuff that happens in WWE, but we usually hear about it long after it's squashed or it's been it's been settled or, or whatever. Even if we, even if we do hear about it sooner rather than later, it's not from a person directly involved yes. going on Twitter and going, well, Brock Lesnar just, I just got into this altercation with Brock Lesnar. Or yeah. I, Brock, I have this unprofessionalism and this bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it, it's, you know, like the famous thing, of course, that happened on TV was the Becky Charlotte yeah. title throwing situation mm-hmm. last year. And that was, obviously bad mm-hmm. obviously uh but becky and charlotte did not becky and charlotte were not the cause of the drama being reported by yeah. and the observer and everybody it was the backstage people that go to you know the sources that go mm-hmm. to these it wasn't Becky going on Twitter and saying Charlotte is so unprofessional and she doesn't want to be here. What is she doing on TV right now? Yeah. You know, it wasn't any any of that type of, of stuff. Like Sammy literally telling Andrade that he was a favor hire and <laughs> well, would not be in would not be working right now if Tony didn't like Ric Flair or something. Yeah. I think something to that it was it was along those lines. Yeah. So. The whole thing started. Andrade was he was speaking with Mas, Lu, Mas Luchas uh, in an interview, and the quote that Andrade said he he was asked about AEW and how he felt about his coworkers and just the company in general. And the quote that Andrade said was, "They are all good with me, but I did have one issue with the wrestler. I'm going to say his name. It was Sammy Guevara. I had an issue with him because he came to the locker room once and complained that we hit him too hard." It's wrestling. Solve it in the ring. If I hit hard, hit me hard too. I learned that he came in and that he accused me like a little girl. After I learned about it, I spoke to him and asked him if he had an issue with me, but he said he did not, and that's all there was to it. He goes, it's funny because not even in WWE, for example, Sheamus likes to hit hard, and all my respect for him because he loves to hit hard and loves the strikes. He is wild. Even The Miz likes to throw strikes. Not even John Cena complained about me. So if he did not complain, imagine this kid who is just starting, but there's that. So that was the initial interview. Guevara then popped off and he 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 referenced Flair, but his the real line that he said was, You are a jobber, a favor hire. Be grateful, bitch. So that 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 he didn't reference Andrade directly, but that was the comment to which 
Andrade then responded. He said, I said it to your face. If you had a problem with me and you said nothing, I won't beat your ass because I'm a professional. Don't be scared. When I say something, I name names and I'm not scared to get fired. Hashtag Sammy. Then Jose, the assistant, who was Andrade's on-screen assistant, he said, I was there and can confirm this incident happened. Andrade gave an honest interview about his thoughts on AEW, his upcoming AEW Rampage match, with his AEW career on the line, and more. Good thing no one in AEW can translate Spanish to English. Uncensored. So that happened. Guevara then fired back and said, you didn't say shit to me, you liar. But here's some truth, you ungrateful prick. You would be jobless if it wasn't for your dad-in-law. Are you really mad at me or mad at yourself for failing to get over a second time? Just go back to WWE like we all know you want to and fuck off. So that, that's what he said. Uh, my favorite tweet, which he ended up deleting the post, sadly. Um, my favorite tweet was after all this, Ricky Starks, who I love Ricky Starks. I think we probably all, most of us do. Uh, he went out, he clearly annoyed by everything, and he just tweeted, man, can my coworker shut the fuck up for a minute? Just for a minute, which I thought was excellent because that's how I feel as a fan. I'm just, it's like, this stuff is like, again, I'm like you, I'm all for it when it is clearly to further storylines. Use social media, use that type of stuff to further storylines. This stuff and the Kingston stuff, and even the stuff, there's been other stuff with other wrestlers in AEW too. This has been going on for a little bit now. Yeah, This is not storyline. This is just like petty, you know, you guys are grown up professionals. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Um, and then Andrade, the last tweet, uh, Twitter, you know, whatever, back and forth. He just said, okay, I'm a liar with a crying, laughing uh, emoji face there. He said, I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll tell you to your face again. And nothing you, and nothing you say that you, you know, he said, and the tweet says, and nothing you say that you do not have any problem. So he uh, basically he's saying, all right, well, if I'm a liar, I'll see you on Wednesday and I'll tell you to your face again. And then we'll see if you say nothing again, basically. That's what he said. And then the reports came out that there was a physical altercation last night before Dynamite happened between the two, where the latest report, according to Fightful Select this morning, said that the reason why Andrade was sent home and Guevara was not was because Andrade Andrade was the aggressor. He waited for uh, for Guevara. He met Guevara. They even said that he threw a few punches um, before they had to get separated. And then, obviously, Andrade was sent home. And because of the way everything went down, Guevara was not. And as we dive into Dynamite next... We'll talk about that because Guevara was part of the main event. And like you mentioned at the top, Guevara ended up getting the pinfall victory in that main event on top of it, um, which led to a lot of things on Twitter being said by fans and other people during that. Like, why why is Andrade not here, but he's still here? <laughs> you know, things like that. So yeah. it was, you know. Oh, that cat. 
Lou's ready, man. He's like, no. He's like, you're not doing this without me, Dad. Um, uh, I respect it. But I there was just a lot of banter on Twitter during the main event of like, Sammy should not be in this match. Sammy should be taken out of this match. How is this fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Khan playing favorites. There was just a lot of a lot of banter going on, which we'll dive into when we get to it. But I mean, I, I don't know how Tony, you know, during the match, the crowd was chanting at one point, hire HR. Like they were they were chanting something along the lines of like hire an HR rep, Tony, or like you know, like figure it. Yeah, there was a sign too. Yeah, that's what it was. There was a sign that said, like, hey, hire an HR expert. Or something like, hello, like, what is going on here? Um, I mean, and we can move on because we got a great show. We really do have a great show of Dynamite to talk about. But it's just. We can we can touch on it more. When we get to yeah, that. it's just like, is this going to be the last time that something happens like this in AEW? Or is it just, is there never going to be any, like, is Tony going to put his foot down at some point and be like, okay, guys, like at the next talent meeting, like, this cannot happen. This cannot happen. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, it seems to be a problem. In the last couple times, Guevara has been the center of the problem. So I think maybe we need to have somebody talking to Sammy Guevara and saying, hey, like, uh, can you not do this or whatever? Like, cause it's not, it's clearly not good. Um, we want to say hi to uh, Noob in the chat. He just popped in saying, uh, Good morning. I'm getting bit by my cat. Don't mind me. Uh, but yeah, he says, good morning. How you doing? We're doing good. You can see Lou kind of attacking me off off screen here a little bit. Workers comp. Yeah, I need workers, workers comp. comp. Do we have that? Do we have workers comp? Uh, but anyway, all right, let's dive into Dynamite because it was a really, really good show. It had some really good wrestling on this show. Um, and it got kicked off with a really, really good wrestling match. Uh and it was the, I'm going to say it was the technical return of MJF in ring. Because obviously I know he ended up at the end of the ladder match. But this was really his first match back to AEW since, I think they said it was 129 days or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and he went on, he went one-on-one with Wheeler Yuta. Uh, obviously this started last week when they kind of had the confrontation the it's kind of a couple weeks ago but last week was really when it came to a head they had the match scheduled um the thing about mjf man is mjf can talk the talk but he can walk the walk he backs it up he is as good you know as you'll find in the ring as well like he can back up all his shit talk pretty pretty well because he can have four or five star matches with just about anybody and him and Wheeler Yuta had a banger last night to start this show. It was fantastic. It, I'll it, let you kind of lead with your uh, what you, oh, it's going down out there. Uh, I'll let you lead with um, your opinions of this match and how you thought MJF looked after being out of the ring for a little bit. Um, just what did you think about this opening contest between Wheeler Yuta and MJF? So I think probably with a lot of people as well, it was a bit difficult to get interested at the start of the match just because of the drama that was unfolding and, and mm-hmm. everything being reported. Um, so, like, the first half of the match was really just, oh, God, more drama. <laughs> we have to talk about more drama. Social media is going to be filled with this, and anybody, you know, it, that's really, like, the first 10 minutes 
or so, like maybe eight, eight, eight minutes, was yeah. people on social media just Sammy Guevara, Andrade. Yeah. <laughs> that was and mixed in with oh wow, great match, oh this move, whatever. Um, I do agree with you. I think that uh, MJF is really, uh, you know, just one of the best wrestlers out there right now. And oh yeah, I he, he has not had a bad match with anybody to my recollection. Um, I I don't remember any of his matches being bad, and this one was incredible. Like once I finally actually got into it. Uh, the the ending sequence was perfect. And oh my god! Just yeah. doing the roll ups on each other. You know, I yeah. I, I love that stuff. Yeah, that, that stuff is great. Um, and MJF, you know, uh, it was I believe it was 129 days. I believe you're right on yeah. the number. Um, he just looked better than ever. Mm -hmm. Really, like mm -hmm. he looked like a little bit more. Um, look like he like was uh, not that he, I wouldn't say I'm not saying this because I think he was not going to the gym, but it seemed like he put on some more muscle. Yeah, put on some more muscle mass for sure. He had the new, not new, but he was wearing like all black trunks instead of like his normal. He just looked like he was. I'm not gonna say more serious because you know he he is a you know even though he's like kind of like a funny dickhead heel like a, but like yeah. He 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 looked like he had more of a per like he's there to be the number one guy and I I think it's it's he did look bigger he did look stronger he did look he just looked like the to the total overall package that you want in a guy and and just a top guy and I think right. he knows he's gonna be the top he's the next champ he knows he knows he's the next champion and he's gonna be the guy in the company and it just. It looked that way. It looked like he had more of a purpose behind what he was doing. And the match itself was fantastic. I personally love the moment where Yuta's going for the splash and MJF rolls like a, a far decent away of the ring. And then Yuta's like, F it. I'm just going to jump further and hit you with the splash anyway. Yeah, and what a great moment. That yeah, that moment was fantastic. I love when they were doing a bunch of the reversals and kind of the pinfalls, and then they had the double clothesline. And one of my favorite spots in pro wrestling is when there is a sequence like that and both guys end up on the ground and the crowd kind of just gives them that, like, standing clapping ovation. Like, yeah, that ruled. Uh, thank you for that, you know, that kind of, like, respect exactly. applause. Um, I think Noob... Yeah, Regal on commentary never gets oh. old. And we're going to talk about Regal because he was obviously involved in some post-match things, which was a very cool moment that I enjoyed a lot as well. Um, you know, I know we're going to focus on MJF because MJF is the guy, but um, Wheeler Yuta is fantastic. He is so good. Um, I think the one part of his game that people could nitpick is they're like, oh, well, he's not a strong promo or he's not a strong whatever, but I think last week when he was cutting the promos with MJF, I thought he held his own. Yeah. You know, he's not at the level of MJF. Really, not a lot of people are. Um, when I'm talking promos wise, I'm talking promo wise. Right. Yeah. But he held his own and he captivated me to want to see that match. It wasn't just all MJF. Like Wheeler had a strong part in that. So I think, you know, you talk about the future of the company and they have the pillars and all stuff like that. But when you talk about the people that aren't the pillars, like a Wheeler Yuta and a 
Daniel Garcia, which we'll talk about later, and a Lee Moriarty, which we'll talk about in a second, and like these young guys and things like that. Like if if they can start having their young guys act a little bit more professional off camera, uh, the company's going to be okay. The company's going to be okay. They got a lot of good young talent. Yeah, um, absolutely. And this was a showcase like MJF and Wheeler Yuta. Like when MJF is that champion down the line, you know, like I'm all in for a Wheeler Yuta MJF program if they want with MJF as the world is the world champ. Like, yes, please. Like give me, this is the stuff I want to see. I want to see new fresh faces like in the, and Wheeler Yuta is one of them. I was at the show that he fought Mox where like he became a made man. You can mm. say oh, Wheeler Yuta. like that was in Boston. I was there. Like I wow. witnessed that rampage match firsthand to be like, they just made this kid. Like they just made this kid. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, big proponent of Wheeler Yuta too. I know MJF gets the praise because he should. But um, I don't want Wheeler Yuta to kind of go lost in this because he is a tremendous professional wrestler and he's got a bright future ahead of him too, obviously. Um, For sure, definitely. And then after the match, we saw that Wheeler Yuta went over to MJF and he, he was like, "Get shake my hand. He was trying to do like the sign of respect, like shake my hand. Um, MJF appeared, uh, MJF, was hesitant, but he wasn't fully against it, it seemed. And I was kind of looking at that going like, when it was first happening, I was like, is he a bad guy or is he a good guy? Because he's been, he came back, he had the baby face kind of reaction. He had that first promo, which was like half baby face before he turned into the old um, MJF dickhead. And he's been the I dickhead for a few weeks. I did too. And he's been the bad guy for a few weeks since. But then during this, he looked like he was like, should I shake it? Like he, he seemed to be going back and forth. Like, should I be the good guy here and shake his hand or should I not? And then all of a sudden, yep. And like Noob says, yeah, the trademark ring of honor handshake. That's what Yuta was going for. And all of a sudden, Lee Moriarty from behind, who is part of the firm. We are on firmly AEW. He's part of the firm. He comes out, attacks Yuta from behind. And then all of a sudden, you see Stokely Hathaway. He has the, the ring. He gives the ring to MJF, and MJF looks like he doesn't want to do it. At first, he, he just looks like he doesn't want to do it, but he puts the ring on, and they're holding Yuta, Yuta up, and it looks like MJF is going to give him a good old punch with the ring, and then all of a sudden, we see William Regal leave the announce table, and he pulls out his famous brass knucks, which I was popping for. I was like, this, oh, is, man. Uh, this is so Incredible. good. Yeah. And he walks down to the ring and him and MJF have a standoff. And, you know, Regal's like, come on, like, hit me. Like, I got my nut. Like, let's go. Let's go. And MJF, nope. He just kind of leaves. Um, and William Regal actually left standing tall in the ring kind of for that moment with the crowd chanting his name and stuff like that. Um, how did you feel about all that? I mean, I love William Regal, so I'm never going to be upset about anything that happened oh, with William no. Regal. Um, Same but, here. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, how did you feel about the firm getting involved? And like MJF kind of like, again, like Noob says, like, yeah, he looks like he's confused. Like, does he, he want to be the, the asshole still? Or is he trying to turn a new, you know, it just looks like he's in the middle of like, I wanted to shake his hand because we had a good match, but this is my group. He just looked like Stokely was really running the shots there a little bit. Yeah. Where so, in reality, I thought MJF was the guy that is running. The firm's working for him. I was under the assumption. But it well, felt he, like Stokely was calling the shots there. 
he pretty much made it clear in the yeah. first promo back that they were working for him. Yeah. So very um, bizarre for me. So I so at first I was under the impression that MJF like Noob said MJF was confused mm-hmm. and he really wasn't wanting to it like like Stokely was trying to get him to do something that he didn't want to do. Yeah. And and but then I was I thought remember how he came back. He came back with uh, you know uh simply of the devil mm-hmm. and calls himself you know the devil and mm-hmm. his shirt his new shirt is I'm a devil worshiper on the on the AEW on shop AEW. So yeah. it's I'm wondering if this was supposed to be a swerve and he's going to try and pretend to be more babyface. Mm-hmm. And then it's just going to be, Maybe well, the, you know what? Same old MJF. Same old MJF. Yeah, we all fell devil. for it. We should have known. He is He is who he is. Yeah, yeah. because, I, you know, he's, he's an amazing character. I, I'm just, you know. I'm enthralled by everything he does. I was in. I was overjoyed at his return at All Out. You know, of course, what happened after All Out kind of uh, yeah ruined a lot of that stuff. Yeah, took absolute precedent over the event. Yeah, Um, but I think that I just don't. I don't want it to become like a boy who cried wolf situation where Mm -hmm. we're just never gonna believe a baby face turn of his because he's always going to fake it yeah. and then turn back into the douchebag that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because he just did it a couple of weeks ago with, with, you know, after all out. Yeah. Like we just mentioned, you know, he came out and it was just, he was being like an over the top baby face, but it was, yeah. it was such a great thing to watch and then immediately turn back. So now, now he's doing somewhat of a similar thing. Yeah. But, you, I, I love that. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's just a great thing about this, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see what happens next week as a result. Yeah, me too, me too. And I think that's at the end of the day in all our wrestling that we watch, whether it's you watch both companies, you watch one over the other, whatever. That's what we want, right? We want yeah. things that are intriguing, that are like, okay, like I can't wait to see what happens. Like this is one of those stories where I'm like, okay, I cannot. I want to see where MJF goes. I know he's going to be the next champion. I know this, but is he going to be the MJF we've seen for the last three years, or is he going to be potentially a tweener or a full-on bait? Like you know, it's intriguing to to not like you said to not know and to like watch a show and be like, I kind of have no idea what's going on here. Yeah, and like, I fully agree. By the way, I fully agree with Chris Jericho who on the AEW press scrum for All Out said to about MJF that he's going to be a babyface one day. Yeah, and 100%. I, he, you know, he came back to, as a guy who was getting just showered with booze oh, yeah. in every town except his own, Long mm-hmm. Island, New York, of course. Um, and then all of a sudden, Chicago just explodes with cheers yeah. when he was revealed at the end of All Out. like mm-hmm. and, and has been cheered in every town since. 
yeah. even after turning heel on them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it, it's so special that he's able to to do this. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's going to be a top guy for life. Yeah, mostly. yeah. I, I think he has potential to go down in history, truly, and I know it's early, but I think he has potential in the trajectory to go down in history as like one of the all-time greats. And I I, I don't think there's any denying it. Uh, you, you see what he can do in the ring. You see what he can do on the mic, the way he captivates an audience, the way he can go either way and get an audience to react to him either way. Like that is... That is top guy stuff, and the dude's still like 25 or 26 years or whatever he is. He's still ridiculously young to the point where if he wants, which he might not, who knows what he wants. Maybe he'll be an actor down the line. Who the hell knows? But if he wants, he can do this for the next 20 years at this level. Oh yeah. And then you're talking about one of those rarefied, in rarefied air, you know, of the Michaels, the Flair, the Jericho, the like that. that is where we're talking the potential could be for MJF. He's already, you can make an argument, a top, what, three, five guy in all of wrestling with what he's doing now. And he's been doing it basically since day one that he's been in the company, if you think about it. And he was 23, 24, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's been very clear to a lot of people that he's he's been a top guy from day one. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just, it's just really, really good stuff. Um, so then we, we had a video package covering the history of Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Danielson, and Garcia. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. And then we had a backstage interview with Yas, the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, where they talked about their disappointment with uh, Garcia's decision-making lately. Jericho says that Brian, um, Brian Danielson, the main event would be a tag match, which we'll get into later. But uh, he said that they're going one-on-one next week in Toronto, uh, Danielson and Jericho, I think this is for the third time now. I'm assuming this will probably be the last time. Um, um, Yeah, so he said that what he'll experience tonight is only a fraction of what he'll experience next week into Toronto. Pretty typical, you know, previewing of the main event in a big match next week. Ring of Jericho. Yeah, Ring of Jericho. Uh, We then got uh, Jay Lethal going one-on-one with Darby Allen. Um, I did not dislike this match. I just thought that the way the match played out, I was not the way that I would have played out the match. Like I don't, I don't think the crowd after that hot open and all stuff like that was ready to watch Jay Lethal basically dominate Darby Allen for ten straight minutes before Darby Allen kind of ended up just winning. You know what I mean? I just felt like the yeah. vibe of the match and the way the match went. The crowd was clearly like this brought the crowd down a bit. I felt like, and me as a viewer, like I was kind of like, oh, like I was excited, like oh shit, Darby in a one-on-one match. All right, cool, like let's go. And Lethal's a great wrestler. I'm not, I'm not interested in Jay Lethal at all, really, that much as like an on-screen character. He's a tremendous professional wrestler, like tremendous. Um, I just have no interest in him as a character or just anything that he's really doing currently, except the fact that he's having really good matches. Um, and I thought this was an opportunity. I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good match. But it really turned out to be, like I said, Jay Lethal just kind of beating the crap and hammering on Darby's knee for 10 minutes. And then Darby getting 
the roll up pin with his move there, uh, the Last Supper and whatnot. And yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't too high on this match. Um, what were your opinions of? Yeah, what were your opinions of the Jay Lethal Derby? Were you were you like me, or did you have a were you a little bit more higher on this than I was? Uh, it was. I thought that the match was it was a good match. I'm not that you didn't say it wasn't a good match, but it's. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, you know, Jay Lethal got put in this mm. spot, and for the past few months now, he's just been with Sanjay and Satnam. You know, yeah, it's whatever. Eh. You know, it's kind of just ended. yeah. It, yeah. It's, and and then what happened? But what happened after the match? Yes, yes. That I think was more interesting. I than agree. The entire match itself. I fully agree. I <laughs> uh, fully agree. Uh, there was another, you know, like Ring of Honor style hit back. Uh, there was another uh, Ring of Honor style handshake deal, mm-hmm. and uh, this time it happened. Yeah, and Darby was getting aggressive. Like, and you could read his lips. Darby was like, "You don't need them, man. Like, you don't need them. Like, shake my hand. Like, don't pay attention to them. You don't need them." And you could see the turmoil in Jay Lethal's face, where he was just kind of like, "Meh," you know, like he was pissed that he lost, but he was also like, and Darby started shoving him a little bit. He kind of like gave him like a grab in the face, like he was like, "Hey, like shake my hand, man." And that's very. I know Darby's a baby face, but that that was also kind of out of character for Darby too. Like Darby's not really that guy either that, you know, looks for handshakes or looks for things like that. Like I felt like, especially when they were building him up when, in the company, you know, this is an anniversary edition. When they, when they were first building up Darby, he was the guy that would win these matches after taking a boatload of punishment and people would go to shake his hand and he would be like, no, I'm good. Like I'm not, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm you know? wondering if maybe this was, uh, maybe they're gonna start a uh, veteran of the business, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what Dar- if Darby saw Jay Lethal as like uh, a wrestler that he looked up to growing up mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that, but I, I could see a storyline happening where Darby tries to get. Jay Lethal out of this group so that this way he can see his full potential again. Yeah. Like, I think that would be a very interesting story. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be cool. And Jay Lethal, like you said, ended up shaking Darby's hand. So, but he ended up still leaving with uh, Satnam Singh and, uh, oh my God, what's the, what's the, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Sandra. So he ended up leaving with them, but he was, he shook his hand and he was clearly like agitated, or you could say confused about what the hell was going on when he left. So we'll see where that goes. I think that is what you just said. I think that could be pretty, a pretty nifty storyline if they did play into like that. If they, yeah. Um, we got throwback saying that he loves the Brody, the Brody Lee shirt. He says he needs one in a onesie probably for the, for the little guy. And then he said that he thinks Darby should be AEW champion at some point. I mean, I you feel want like it could happen. Yeah, it could happen down the line. He is one of the pill, you know, he is considered one of the pillars. So, like, it is one of those things where I think down the line, yeah, I would, I would, I, I think that title is MJF's, though. That's the next, oh, yeah. That's where we're going here. So, it's going to be, it'll be down the line, but I could easily see Darby as a future AEW champion. He's still over. The kids love him. Like, yeah, he's right where you want to be. Um, all right. Then we had, I think this was the, this match ruled. Uh, it was for the TNT Championship. 
and it was Wardlow versus Brian Cage. Um, and I saw Sean Ross Sapp tweet something after this match. He said, when you've been off television as long as Brian Cage has been off television, a match like that goes a very, very long way. Yeah. And I feel like that, and he said it in the promo beforehand when they were promoting it. He said, oh, everyone's saying this is my return. He said, no, no, this is kind of like my re my reinvention or kind of my re-debut of sorts. And I felt like that's what it was. Like this was, I, and again, I it's been a while since Brian Cage has had regular AEW television matches, but I think for sure this has to be the best match he's ever had in the company or up there at least. Like I, I don't remember, I know, like I don't remember a lot of the, because he hasn't been really on television Right. He a really lot. just feuded with Darby as part of Team Taz. Yeah, right. Like, did he have he like gone. did he have one world title match and lost at some point? I feel like maybe. Or was it a TNT? I don't know. I felt like he might have had like a one-off. It was, but that it was, was for I believe it was for the TNT title. Yeah. But so but how could you remember? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm so saying. It's been ago. so long. Yes. So I, I do feel like this was really like a rebirth of Brian Cage. This match was amazing. I loved this match. Um these were two, oh, as Big E says, two big meaty men slapping meat. And yeah. These are not only are these two big men, these are two big agile men. And you saw it in full force. Uh Wardlow did a hurricane rana off like getting Irish whip to the ropes at one point, Brian cage answered that with like a twirling her and Karana into a six one nine that Wardlow caught him into like a world's strongest slam at one point Wardlow. Um, Lou, you brother, brother, I've kicked you off the desk three times, bro. you got to get the hint, man. Um, at one point Wardlow ran up and like jumped up to the top rope from a, from a running position and did like a, tilt a whirl whatever like a flip uh slam thing onto brian like it was <sighs> it what it what what it was was two guys who look like they're in a specific type of wrestler mm -hmm. uh bubble mm -hmm. popping that bubble and going well we're two yeah. flippy guys now yeah <laughs> it, it was i and i love stuff like that i, I absolutely too. love stuff I like too. that and, and it made it. I think it made this match. I agreed with Sean's tweet absolutely mm -hmm. that you know Brian Cage, Wardlow. We've been seeing on TV. We've been seeing him have really great matches. We've oh, seen yeah. him pull up stuff like this before, but we have not seen Brian Cage do stuff like this very often. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely think that this was the best showing for him possible. Oh, easy. And, and now easy. I'm. I would like to see him more on TV. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that was the purpose because now you know Wardlow. What what can you not what what can you not say about Ward like that? He is. I think I just tweeted like, man, Wardlow sure is something, huh? Like that was what I tweeted. Like it's just, you know, and I, I feel like he ha he had this trajectory of going this way, and then all the stuff that happened with MJF at Double or Nothing kind of knocked him back a little bit where Wardlow wasn't the focus that he should have been because right. of all yeah. that stuff that was going on. And then he's just been kind of like, you know, he won the TNT championship, which was a big moment for him, but he's kind of just been like, 
not doing a ton. He was doing the FTR six man stuff for a while, things like that. It looks like he's going to be in like some other form of a tag team match because of what happened after this match going forward. So, but the dude's over. And when he has performances like that, I mean, the guy's, a, he's a future world champion. I don't know what company it will be for, whether AEW hangs on to him. He strikes me as a guy that if he ever becomes a free agent, WWE will be like, okay, like, what do you want? Like, he strikes me as that type of, that type oh, of guy. Yeah. Um, but either way, like the dude is a former world champion. I'm a f- future world champion. Sorry. He's a future world champion. He is the TNT champion. Now I love I love matches with big, with big du- like I love you know Sheamus and Gunter. These guys, these guys are clearly more agile than those other two. But like big dudes, like big like Biggie says, big meaty men slapping. I love that shit too. Like I love yeah. two big, you know, big boys in there just beating the crap out of each other. That's what I like to see. Um, and like Throwback said, I thought yeah, Brian Cage was awesome. Uh, we did see him at Death Before Dishonor. He was they had a great match that night too. Um, I want to see Brian Cage more and I want to see Wardlow more. And I think that was the point of this match. Um, I loved it. I thought it was the best match of the night, personally. Uh, at least my favorite match of the night. I think you can make an argument that MJF and Wheeler Yuta might have been the best match of the night. But it was my favorite match of the night. I loved it. Um, and after the match, Wardlow wins. And the, the impressive part is Wardlow powerbombed Brian Cage four times. And he made it look like oh, he was yeah. powerbombing a 150-pound individual. And Brian Cage is three bills and huge. And it just kind of goes to show like how insane the strength of Wardlow is. Like it is like scary how strong he is. Um, Like it's hidden. You don't think that he's that strong. And then he's able to lift up Brian Cage like a piece of paper. Yeah. And uh, that was so incredible. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, After the match, uh, the Gates of Agony, who are in, oh, I'm not going to remember the name of the group, but Prince Nana, uh, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony, their group. I'm forgetting the name of the group, but it's okay. Uh, they come somebody out. in the chat can, maybe knows. Yeah, if anybody in the chat remembers the name of the group, I am drawing a blank. Don't hate me. Um, they come out. They start attacking Wardlow, and then that we see Samoa Joe comes in trying to even up the odds a little bit better, but at the at the numbers game continues. And then we see FTR. And FTR gets a hero's welcome, as they always do. Um, they come out, and then we have a standoff, and it looks like at some point we're probably going to get a four-on-four, eight-man tag, where it will be Cage, Gates of Agony, um, against Joe, FTR. Or maybe they'll do six-man, and Wardlow will do something else. I don't know. But it looks like we'll get some form of a – of a tag match with that group versus the four that we saw in the ring. Hey, um, I loved I loved Wardlow and Brian Cage. I love Samoa Joe and Brian Cage. Oh, uh, I'd be all in on that too. I'd be all in on that. Um, so again, you have these good matches, and there's stuff happening at the end that leads you to want to watch next week right. or watch Rampage and keep watching I, so you can now, see what happened. Hard interrupt, but. Oh, now, while I do agree having that, you know, the things happen at the end of the matches mm-hmm. make you go, oh, yeah, I want to see what happens next. I probably wouldn't have done them three in a row like this. Yep. Because it did feel a little like, especially the first two matches, they felt like carbon copies. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this guy wants to shake this guy's hand and then 
the other group gets involved. You know, like just it felt like very similar. Yeah. Um, maybe would have stretched that out a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's it, you want the end result of a master segment to go. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing that's crazy, um, we had the next match also had some stuff that went down after the match. So it felt like the first four matches that we saw, like there was all stuff happening after the matches to kind of set up future stuff. And it happened just all kind of boom, 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 right yeah. in a row. Because uh, the next match, we well, first before that match, um, yes, and, yep, that is happening. That is happening. Uh, and we're going to dive into a uh, a preview of Battle of the Belts once we finish the Dynamite before we get out of here. There's only three matches on Battle of the Belts so far. I feel like they've had four on all the other ones or on most of the other ones. Uh, but there's only that. three. But we'll see. But um, So we had Britt Baker appearing in the back. Um, and she just says that she wants to update the AEW fans that, uh, Soraya has not been cleared by doctors. So Soraya will not be wrestling for AEW kind of, you know, and immediately Excalibur on commentary is like, I don't know what doctors Britt Baker was talking. So they're kind of, you know, yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of wish they didn't do that. But I agree. I knew, yeah. I knew immediately. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I Sean do Rossap, too. Sean has said. The amount of money that they're paying her, yeah. there ain't no way she would. No, she's just not coming out to cut promos every week, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but I I mean, I knew. I, mm -hmm. I didn't need Excalibur to tell me. I knew yeah. that she was getting physical soon. Exactly. So then we have a six, we have a trios match. It was Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale, who were accompanied by Soraya, uh, versus Jamie Hayter, who continues to be over as hell, mm -hmm. uh, oh, Serena yeah. Deeb, and Penelope Ford who were accompanied by Britt Baker. Um, I thought this match was solid. Um, it featured a lot of, it was the typical trios match, started off kind of slow, and then every woman was just hitting her shit. It was just hitting her shit, hitting her shit, going through it. And I, I probably, like a lot of people, was very happy that Willow Nightingale got the pinfall victory. Same. I feel like we haven't seen that a ton on AEW television. I... It's the first time I can remember, like, I'm sure she has, she has wins like on dark and elevation and things like that. But like, I don't, I don't remember, especially on dynamite. Like I don't remember seeing her get a pinfall victory yet on my television. I could be wrong, but I, that that's just in how my brain, I don't, I don't remember many of them. So in this high profile match for her to get the pinfall victory, that made me very happy. Like very, very happy. Yeah. Um, and, and aided to what we saw a little exactly. later. Exactly. And, and I think that, you know, Willow, Willow should be signed. This, this is, it, it's well, here's my thing. I thought once she got the pinfall, I thought that, that they were going to, I thought at some point last night on social media, they would announce the graphic. Now, again, and we're going to talk about Battle of the Belts, but maybe after a valiant effort on Friday at Battle of the Belts, they'll say, hey, we signed this girl. You know what I mean? Like we signed her. Um, I kind of hope she wins. I kind of do too. I don't think she's going to, but no, she we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But um, after, well, first of all, before we dive into the after the match stuff, what were, what did you think about the trios match with the, with the ladies here? Uh, I said, I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks now. They've, since Soraya's debut, uh, they've been upping their game with the women's division. And mm -hmm. Every show since Grand Slam has had 
multiple women segments and a chunk of time dedicated to the women on Dynamite. And I'm so thankful because I've been wanting this for a long time. And all of the women involved in the match last night are great wrestlers who should be on TV more often and should be given time, you know, devoted to them. Uh, You know, we've been asking for this for ever Mm -hmm. since AEW's existence. Yeah. So I'm very happy to see all of these women getting shined and Willow, as we've said, get the victory because she, I think, will be a very, very important baby face for both the AEW and Ring of Honor women's divisions. Yeah. Um, You know, she's on an agreement only right now, but I do think hopefully by, you know, by Friday, whatever the outcome is, yeah, we get the official all elite graphic. Yeah, I'm hoping um, so too. Uh, because she deserves it. Oh, and yeah. this match proved why. Mm-hmm. I agree. They made they made her they made her, and again, you know, it leads into what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but they made her look like they made her look like someone that we need to keep an eye on. And like someone that could be a part of the future of the women's division. And I think at the end of the day, that's what most wrestling fans want because most wrestling fans are very high on Willow Nightingale as they should be because she's excellent. Um, after the match, though, as the as they were all in there with Soraya raising their hands of victory, we had Britt Baker. She kind of got in there and pushed the other girls off to the side and kind of got in Soraya's face a little bit. And this was kind of the first hint, physical, like physically the first hint, that uh, I think we're going to be seeing Soraya wrestle because she got physical. And this was the first time that she's been physical in years, years. Um, her and Britt Baker, they were having, they were trading punches, trading blows. Um, she super ended up super kicking Rebel and doing, you know, yelling, this is my house and standing tall in the ring. Um, yeah, I thought... I thought this was a nice little, you know, it remind like once they started with the face off, especially with what Britt said before the match, it was one of those things where it was like, she's hitting her. She's hitting her. I was just ready. Yeah. I like was it's happening. Ready. She's getting, she's, they're going to start fighting. And the know. crowd erupted just oh, as yeah. I had predicted. Yep. I and tweeted, start- I said, as the first physical altercation that Soraya gets involved in, the crowd is going to pop huge and exactly yep. what happened. Yep. And that was exactly what happened. Britt Baker will be her first match, and Britt Baker is the perfect person to have as her first match. She's the big. She still is the biggest star in the AEW women's division. At least they still treat her that way. Um, it's a match that Soraya can have. She can beat Britt Baker. Britt Baker won't get hurt by it at all. It's just the perfect scenario for a first match with Soraya. For Soraya, I should say. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um so we'll see when that exactly happens, but it should be happening, I would think, relatively soon. So, um, all right. Then it was celebration time. It was National Scissoring Day. And boy, boy, oh boy, did we get a celebration. There were balloons. There were golden scissors. There were all sorts of things that happened here. Uh you know, they came out to a hero's welcome, as they have been coming out to a hero's welcome for a while now. 
Um, they get in the ring. They have a podium. Anthony Bowens is talking. He's kind of making it sound like it's a political speech, but he's talking about scissoring, which I thought was hilarious because they were in Washington, D.C. So I love the whole way they were filming it like it was like a state of the state of the union address kind yeah. of thing, which made sense because they were in Washington, D.C. I love that aspect of it. Um, it was hilarious. It, you know, I, I felt like, oh, God, this could this could. Those guys are talented enough and, and they're over enough that they made it work and it was very entertaining. But when you see segments like this, sometimes you have, at least for me in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh God, I hope this doesn't like go off the rails, like into an area of like, whoa, into an area of unbelievable, uh, into an area of like, ugh, like cringy, like, oh God, like this is a little too much, even though we like these guys, but it didn't. I thought, I thought it. I thought it was still very, very funny. Got, got, did what they were doing. That, but it was done tastefully, as tastefully as you could do a National Scissoring Day celebration. I feel <laughs> like that's what they did. PG um, version, of course. Yeah, Billy Gunn presented them. Well, he said that he he said that he was at City Hall, and City Hall wanted Billy Gunn, Daddy Ass, I should say, to present them with a giant pair of golden scissors. Um, yeah, man. It, I mean, there's not really much. Obviously, it got interrupted a little bit later. Swerve came out uh, and interrupted it. And next week, Swerve is going to be going one-on-one -on -one with Billy Gunn uh, on Dynamite. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this whole segment was fun. I thought this whole segment was enjoyable. I love the acclaimed. I love Swerve. I love Keith Lee. I'm not against them continuing this feud at all. Um, because technically... They did win those titles, but they won those titles because Billy Gunn got involved. Like they didn't win them clean. Billy Gunn got involved and he helped them right. win. So I understand the gripe that Swerve and Keith Lee have. I do think that they should get a rematch uh, because of that. Um, just what do you think of this whole segment? What do you think about Billy Gunn and Swerve next week? We're just like, we. What'd you think? This was, I think, the segment that everyone needed coming out of yesterday's backstage drama because it was such i think it was one of the best dynamite segments this year honestly i loved it i love uh and i too i i too you know in the same vein was like oh no this could get really cheesy and really hokey and bad but it wasn't it was the most tasteful national celebrating day <laughs> yeah. celebration yeah. you could ever have. Yeah. And what I loved particularly about it, I mean, I loved everything, but what particularly what I loved is uh, Anthony Bowens. Who Anthony love, Bowens has not had the amount of promo time typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, on dynamite like he did last night and he killed it oh he yeah killed it he is such a, you know s sneaky swerve that, yeah very that good. made me laugh yeah i loved that, it sneaky swerve <laughs> sneaky swerve and that's probably going to get chance oh 100 yeah that's going to stick that will stick uh anthony is just a amazing person Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing and uh i'm very very thankful that he is wrestling and i'm very thankful that he is um 
part of uh, representation, you know, as a gay man myself, I'm very, very happy that uh, he's in the position that he's in right now. And I'm hoping that it, you know, it, you know, it can only go up for him. And mm -hmm. as for Max Caster, uh, I think that he's really stepped up as well. Uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, they are really homegrown. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm so thankful that mm -hmm. they got this opportunity and the crowd has been so behind them. And then the addition of Daddy Ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just like the perfect pairing. <laughs> you wouldn't think it. You wouldn't think it at all. But yeah, uh, so it's turned I out to be like, yeah, lightning in a bottle, really. Lightning in a bottle. And, you know, what you said there, the night that they won uh, the titles, they released an online video. I think AEW might have released it, but it was them backstage. And Bowens talked for like the first minute, minute and a half. And he was very emotional, clearly, you know, and he, it had a lot yeah. to do with his background and things like that. And he was like, I never thought that I would be here, like to ex experience this moment. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely go out of your way to see it. You could just tell how grateful he is um, to be where he is and to be. A champion and it was it was super emotional it was wonderful to see it it, it got me emotional um but it, oh, it's, yeah. it's a it's a very it's a very good video to kind of to go sought out if you if you haven't seen it um and max caster has won me over uh big time uh when this when this outfit first started here as a tag team i kind of always liked them but max caster i i was a big bowens guy but i was just like oh caster's fine caster's fine uh but like you said, he has stepped it up, especially like over these last handful of months. And Max Caster has really won me over to a point where like, you know, I'm part of the pop when they come out. Like I'm going to a Dynamite in Boston in a couple months in November. And yeah, if they're there when they come out, like I'm going to be one of those people standing up popping for them because they're just great. And they are homegrown and they're just they're a likable team. And I think that is that's really all you need sometimes. Like they, I, I don't know if they were always in the plans to get those titles, but the fans, the fans put them there because the fans yeah, were like, fans Hey, we, we really like you guys. We really like you guys. You guys have won us over. So you're the guys. I, I wouldn't have been shocked if that all out match was supposed to just be a one-off and it was like, Hey, this will be a good match. Swerve and Keith Lee will win and we'll move forward. But because of the reaction that the acclaimed got throughout that match, it was like, oh, maybe we need to rethink what we're doing here because the acclaimed are clearly over, like the most over team we have right now. So I don't know, man. But you can't say enough about the work that those two gentlemen have uh, have put in to get to where they are, and they deserve everything they're getting. And yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I just want to let you know this is totally unrelated to the show, but uh, my computer froze, and I know that. I haven't frozen because I have the stream up yeah. on my phone. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, my computer may actually just crap out on me. Uh oh, that's all right. Uh, well, we're getting so, toward we're getting towards the tail end, so we're good. Should I just like turn it off really quickly and come back? It'll only take me like two minutes. Um. Oh wait, did you? I think you might have just froze. Did I? I th at least on my end, I I I don't know how it looks on the stream. Does it look on the stream with you? Why this is live television, folks, is what you get. But to no. me, you're frozen. 
Yep, I did freeze on the stream. Okay. So yeah, why don't you just hop on and hop out or whatever? Hop in and hop out. Okay. I'll try to I'll try to entertain the masses the best I can. Okay. It'll it'll just be like not even two minutes. Do you think? I can entertain the people. Oh wait, now you're not frozen. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's me now. <laughs> anyway. Um hi. While we wait for Drew to get back and party, uh, the next segment on the show, and I agree, Zach, uh, or Smart Mouth, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, giving every, given everything in AEW, it is fortunate that they have such a crowd-pleasing act. Um, and the fact that they originally weren't a crowd-pleasing act is almost, to me at least, like, I, I, I don't know, I just find a great and part, a great part of their story that they were not a crowd like you know what i mean when they first started they were not a crowd pleasing act they were really an act that the crowd like wasn't pro on at all and then they just kind of worked their way they put in the matches they put in the time and they got over they really got themselves over to the point where that all out match was like the crowd reaction during that all out match was just wild because I think that kind of took everybody by surprise just how much love they were truly getting from the crowd to the point where there were people on social media, like people of importance in the wrestling Twitter sphere, saying like, yo, Tony might have to make a, a, a reverse call here if they if he, like, because of this crowd reaction. Like, you know, and I think that that kind of goes into everything that, you know, they deserve everything they're getting. They 100% deserve everything they're getting because they are getting reactions that are incredible, like truly incredible reactions. And they deserve every second of it. They really do. Um, we then saw backstage, there was a segment with, uh, it started off with Madison Rain and Sky Blue. And Madison Rain was kind of putting over Sky Blue saying, you know, she's been working harder than almost anybody she's seen since she's been in her time. And I think we got, we got our big money Drew back. Here he is. Uh -huh. Here he is. He's back. That was quick. Nice and easy. So nice and easy. <laughs> we are good. Uh, I was just about to dive into the next. We had a backstage segment with uh, Madison Rain and Sky Blue where Madison rain was kind of putting over sky blue of how hard she's been working and stuff like that. And they get interrupted by Anna J in uh time Ella. And basically the heels just said that the baby faces need to take, needed to take sports entertainment classes. Uh, Cause they were boring. Like, yeah, they were great wrestlers, but they were boring. So they need to take sports entertainment uh, classes. Uh, and then it basically just led to them agreeing to fight each other on rampage. So we are going to have a, uh, a female tag match with Anna Jay and Ty going against Madison Rain and Sky Blue happening on Rampage tomorrow night. Um, this segment was rather quick. Question. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I, I have to say that, you know, a lot of people didn't really care for this, but I actually liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. it. I didn't mind it at all. It showed uh, Sky Blue actually, like, had a pretty damn good line. I, oh, I was, thought it yeah. was really good. Yeah, uh, and and it was, you know, Anna's being like a little over the top. Yeah, but I feel like that's on purpose. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, because they're they're sports entertainers. Yeah, in the, the pro wrestling world. Mm -hmm. And while that 
you know, like I'm kind of getting to a point where I think the sports entertainment thing is a bit overdone now because especially since they're while the other company is still sports entertainment, it's mm-hmm. not Vince McMahon in charge no. anymore. No. And that was really what sports entertainment was geared towards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's probably best to start phasing this out soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I, but I am really, uh, I'm enjoying the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think yep. it can be the Jericho Appreciation Society that it is just without all the jabs at WWE. Yeah. And I, I fully agree. I, I like where this is going, uh, you know, just in general with the Jericho Association Society, but I do like, I do agree with you. I do feel like the Anna I'm J sorry, stuff. Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. I just realized I said association. It's all right. It's all right. Yes, I call it yes. Yes. So, uh, but it's one—it's one of those things where it just fits, and it fits with Jericho being the Ring of Honor champion, and just he's the antith—the antithesis of everything Ring like of that. Honor yeah. doesn't want as their champion because he is the sports entertainer. He's Chris Jericho for crying out loud, yeah. and the fact that he's the champion and he's like, "Oh, I'm the best thing that this company has ever done as champion has ever seen," because I am a real sports entertainer. I am a real you know, whatever. And I just think it's so brilliant. And now he's bringing the young people and Anna J adding that and Ty, and it's just, it's really good. Uh, it's really good. And I think what you said is dead on dead on. Um, all right. We then had a one-on-one match with, uh, Roosh going against hangman page. Um, this match for me had a lot, I think it had at least one picture in picture, but I think I remember having maybe two picture in picture, which the picture in pictures kind of take me out of the matches sometimes. Um, but I felt like this match was solid. It wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't, it wasn't the best hangman match I've ever seen, but Roosh is very good. Um, Roosh is very good. He is officially all elite. They announced that over the last week, week and a half, couple weeks. So he he's one of the newer signings for all elite. Very, very good in the ring. Yeah. They had a very solid match, as you would expect them to have. Um, but I think the real juice happened after the match here. Um, but before we get to that, uh, Hangman Page did win with the Buckshot Lariat. Um, what did you think? Uh, <laughs> we have Roosh is very good in the way that Ice Cream is okay. Hot damn, he's excellent. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, and I love the whole presentation. He almost hit Jose, the assistant in the face with his mask though. That was scary uh, at, <laughs> at the top, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good wrestling match. Uh, hangman got the win. Um, and before we dive into kind of what happened after, which I loved, um, what did you think about this match between hangman and Roosh? Uh, yeah, Roosh is special. Uh, I didn't really know of him before AEW and. Him and Bandito, like I did, I wasn't aware really because I hadn't watched much of outside of WWE. AEW. Yeah. Um, but man, like he's special. Like mm-hmm. he, he's seeing him live at Grand Slam two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and and of course this really came out of this match came out of the end of the Battle Royal. Yep. Between the two of them, uh, it, it's. He's a great wrestler. Uh, you know, he's 
a lot of people put him down because like they say like he doesn't want to job to anybody or something like that but i i don't believe that i think that he's actually a great performer a great mm-hmm. seller. like that that um why uh, the name of the movie is escaping. the buckshot the buckshot yeah um his sell of the buckshot oh, yeah. the best sells i've seen of that move mm-hmm. and it, it it was it was a very good match i'm very uh, I would even I would be fine with seeing more of the two. Of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm Hangman. Hangman is still one of my favorites on AEW. He probably still is my favorite. Um, he's just so damn good. He's just so damn good. And Roosh is good. And it was a good match. And um, but what happened afterwards was Private Party came out, and it looked like they were going to get in the ring. And Private Party's. Um, loyalty we'll say to Andrade and crew has been questioned over the last couple weeks. We saw the interaction with Matt Hardy last week as well. Kind of looks like maybe they're going back in that direction where maybe Matt will kind of be with them, but as like good guy, Matt Hardy, maybe. Um, So they've been questioned and they were questioned before this match in a backstage segment as well. Um, So they come out and it looks like they're about to maybe jump. Contract tampering. It is. Con- yes, Matt Hardy say is con- contract yeah, tampering. 100%. <laughs> um, which I thought was a nice touch. I thought that was a nice touch. I did. Um, like yeah. So they come out. They look like they might try to attack Hangman. They're kind of having a stare down. And then all of a sudden we see Moxley come through the crowd. And he kind of is looking at Private Party and is like, no. Mm-mm. Nope. You're not doing this. Private Party kind of leaves. And then the focus becomes on Moxley and Hangman. Um and I thought Moxley, I thought this promo by Moxley was good. It was quick. It was short. It was sweet. But it was so damn good. He gets in the ring. There you go. Pluggo at work is firmly on lunch. Well, we're glad you're here. <laughs> we're glad you're here as we're wrapping up Dynamite. Um, he gets in the ring. He says, I've been waiting three years for this match. I've been waiting three years. You're the only guy left that has been standing in my way. Um did Drew, did you freeze again? No, you're there. No, you're alive. Sorry. You're alive. <laughs> no, that was very, I, I, I thought you were like so still that I was like, oh my God. I know. I, 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 I can do that sometimes. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, but Moxley says, I've been waiting three years for this match. And he goes on, he goes, I respect you. I admire you. You know, which I thought was a nice touch for Moxley, for Moxley to like kind of admit like, hey man, like I respect everything you've done. I've been watching you. I admire you as a person. He said, I admire you as a person. He's like, however, when that bell rings in 13 days, I don't respect or admire anybody. And you're in my way and you're the last guy. I've taken them all out over these last three years. You and I have beaten basically everybody except each other. And he's like, and trust me, I'm going to be the last guy standing here. I'm going to be the last guy standing from AEW, and I'm going to be that guy. And he goes, you got 13 days, man. And then he's going to leave, and Hangman goes, all right, well, if you've been waiting three years, like, why are you leaving right now? And then this was, I think, was kind of a shot at Guevara and all the kind of people in the back, which I liked as well. Um, Yes, uh, yes, Necro Eric, uh, this is episode one, the debut firmly aew we will be here every thursday morning uh reviewing all things aew 
uh, starting with uh, this very uh, episode right now, which we're reviewing. We're almost towards the end of Dynamite, and then we'll have a little mini Battle of the Belts preview. And then starting next week, it'll be Rampage, Dynamite, anything of substance that happens on Dark and Elevation. It'll be all things all elite here for Big Money Drew and myself. Um, yeah, so Hangman kind of goes, all right, well, if you've been waiting, like, let's go right now. And Moxley just goes, huh. he goes, you're a good kid. You're a sweet kid. <laughs> he goes, but like some of the other kids around here, you running your mouth can get yourself in some trouble. He goes, so 13 days, 13 days. And he just, he goes, and he just leaves. So and incredible. I thought that that was a dig straight at Guevara, straight at all the people talking shit in the back that are acting unprofessional. Um, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. I love this promo from Moxley. Um, what were your opinions on it? Um, I'm excited for this Moxley Hangman match. I really feel like this is one of the few matches that we might, I don't think we have seen it before, or maybe we have, but it wasn't like, has this happened before? The, the two of them together? Yeah. Is this the, is it, this uh, there is, was, I think, in some sort of battle royal, I okay. think there was a, a moment between the two of them, but they have never actually wrestled okay. one yeah. one together. Exactly. So I feel like this is one of the marquee matches that AEW has had in their back pocket for a little bit, and we're getting it in 13 days, and I am very excited because I love both these guys a lot, um, and it should be incredible. Um, and it's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. I kind of I, I think there's a possibility that MJF leaves Cincinnati, I Ohio as the world champion. That too. That's the special Tuesday night dynamite. It's a special Tuesday night dynamite. It's Moxley's hometown. I could see Moxley beating Hangman and getting that hero's victory cheer. And then MJF's like, ah, not so fast, buddy. Uh, you're fighting me right now. And then MJF leaves and you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But uh let's talk about this. Let's talk about your opinions of the Moxley promo. And just kind of how excited you are for this match. Because I am very excited oh. for these two. Very oh. excited. And like Pluggo uh, says, that would be nuclear heat. And I think that would be the point. I think that would be the point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. That, which is why I think that the I'm leaning more towards MJF fooling us with this like tweener-ish thing that happened at the end of the match last night. Um, because I think it's 100% going to be I'm going to clock him in the back of the head with either the chip or, or the diamond ring and then pin him one, two, three and leave Cincinnati as champion. I definitely think that that's what's going to happen. Um, which is unfortunate too, in a way, because while I've been a huge proponent of Moxley finally getting the time off that he deserves, mm -hmm. uh, that he hasn't gotten for a few years because he keeps having to be relied on to put the company on his back in, you know, stressful times. And uh, I think that I, I kind of don't want him to not be champion because I really do think that aside from Kenny Omega's run, he's been integral in being the face of adversity for the backstage crap that's been yep. going on. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, especially that promo that he cut after All Out was just so moving and and he with all of his all the trials and tribulations that he's had to go through personally mm -hmm. i feel like he is the perfect 
perfect champion in this company. And Kenny Omega is one of my favorites of all time. But I've got to tell you, I think, I think John Moxley is just inching above him as the greatest AEW champion. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, and Jericho was great also. But I, I really, it, the circumstances around all of this play into effect also, and it's. I'm just so happy that he is at the best he's ever been mentally, physically, emotionally, and is cutting these killer promos, absolutely killer, that get you so invested in his next feud. I'm so happy, you know. We know that probably MJF is cashing in on him because mm-hmm. you know MJ he interrupted MJF after all out yep. and cut that amazing promo and I'm just it, I'm he can do no wrong in my eyes I'm I love and I love Hangman also um, he's one of my favorites but there's just there's something special about the level that Moxley is on right now mm-hmm. and I I think. Yeah, I think Moxley's really been the glue to AEW. You know, like there was the report that came out that said after all the the all-out stuff and blah, 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 that it was really Moxley, Danielson, and Jericho had like a talent-only meeting where they kind of took charge, the three of them, and they were just kind of like, hey, like this is is what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Like we're professional. Unfortunately, there's going to have to be another one of those. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think so. Um, But it's one of those things where – you can kind of see in the way Moxley's acting that he is acting like the leader, the leader of the locker room, the locker room leader with yes. his promos, with just the, the way he's doing things. Um, yeah, man, I, I think Moxley is, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's just been performing at a, an incredibly high level for a long time now. And uh, I think he's perfect in this role. I think he's perfect as AEW champion. I think he's, He's really like feeling the character. He's feeling where he's at. He's come back ever since taking that time off and he's been healthy. You can tell mentally, physically, and he's ready to go. And he's been the guy carrying the company and he's the guy that should be the champion until MJF clearly is the one that's going to take it off him. But yeah, I am. I am very, very excited for this match. I think this match is going to be just incredible stuff. Um, we then had backstage. We we had Willow Nightingale backstage uh, talking about her big victory uh, from earlier in the evening, and she said she wants to challenge Jade Cargill at Battle of the Belts. Jade comes out. Uh, Jade and crew show up. They say, "Hey, I've already beaten you once, but you know, whatever. You can be number thirty-nine. That's fine. Whatever. You can be number thirty-nine. Uh, so that will be a match that we are getting on Battle of the Belts, which we'll dive into a little bit more in depth uh, once we finish up Dynamite here." We then had an absolute squash match between Luchasaurus and Fuego del Sol. Um, yeah. Luchasaurus basically hit a choke slam and then he hit the cutthroat. Two moves over, done with. Um, afterwards, Christian was basically letting, telling Luchasaurus to continue to destroy Fuego, and that brought out Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy Jack, uh, well, they're referring to him now as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So Jungle Boy Jack Perry comes out um, and he has a chair. He hits luchasaurus and kind of gets him to the outside and him and christian are on the outside and i thought jungle boy cut himself a pretty good promo right here where he says you were my best friend 
And he said, and you and you broke my heart by choosing him over me. You broke my heart. And you could hear the crowd be like, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> which I thought was good. I thought it was a nice touch. But you could hear the crowd like be like, oh, you know, um, and Jungle Boy says, I'm going to tear you limb from limb. I'll break all your fingers. I'll break your legs. I'll break your arm. I'm going to break you. And he said, you know, and I'm going to break everything about you in order to get to him. And I think that's the way to do it because Christian is injured. So you're not really going to get that match for a little bit until he's ready to go. So I think Jungle Boy having to go through Luchasaurus and it taking time maybe for him to get through Luchasaurus is a good way to prolong the story to get to the point right. where Christian's healthy for the blow off. And it just, it's an intriguing story because they were best friends. They came into the company together. They were tag team champions together, him and Luchasaurus. Like that's been the story, a boy and his dinosaur. That has been the story since they're, since they've come into the company. Right. And I, I, I really liked it. I thought this was a short, sweet, good promo from jungle boy. I want to see Jungle Boy eventually overcome Goliath and beat Luchasaurus to get to Christian. Yeah, I, I mean, I like everything about this feud. I like everything about Jungle Boy. I, yeah, I'm my, very high on this. My one, uh, the negative part for me, or I kind of feel like they should have just not done the match at all out if Christian was injured. Yeah. I really don't. I don't get why they just had that, that really quick. I, I don't even know if it was five, six minutes long because Christian obviously couldn't do anything because he's injured. Mm -hmm. uh, but to just like, do that to Jungle Boy and and then have Jungle Boy have to carry the feud with Luchasaurus because Christian is injured and can't wrestle right now. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Um, but. Everything here was fine. Uh, I'm, I, you know, it, it makes you. I just feel like if they didn't have the match at all out, it would have made you want to see Jungle Boy beat the crap out of Christian oh, hundred percent, even more, just to to drag that out a little bit more instead of just doing it all out. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but other than that, I feel like you know there didn't even need to be the match with Fuego either. But uh, you know, you got to establish Luchasaurus as a monster, so got to do yeah. what you got to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I, I'm, I, this was like one of the lower points of the show for me, mm. just because it, you know, like I'm, I'm sad that Christian's injured and I hope he gets better soon. And I want that really to be, oh, yeah, a big thing with, mm -hmm. of course, being upset that they did the match it all out to begin yeah. with. So, um, but yeah, great promo by Jungle Boy. Great I thought promo. so. I thought the promo and was very good. We'll see what happens now. Maybe he'll do a match with uh, Luchasaurus or Full Gear. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the reports or anything like that. I don't know how long Christian is supposed to be out for. I honestly don't know. I um, think I remember seeing four to six months. Okay, so... That's a while. So that's a while. So maybe this blow off might not be happening until revolution in February. If we're talking maybe something like something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about this, because obviously the blow off is supposed to be jungle boy, getting the victory over Christian and kind of putting that demon aside a little bit. But if we're talking another four or five months before Christian can wrestle, that's, that's a lot of stretching. That's a lot of stretching that, uh, 
happens. And I do want to answer a question from uh, Eric earlier. He said, do you talk about other wrestling at the end or something? Just this show in particular will be AEW focused. We were probably earlier. We mentioned a few WWE things, not like of what's currently happening, but just in general. But this show between Drew and myself will be firmly AEW. As the name what says, but if you give us, <laughs> yeah, if you give us a follow here on Love Wrestling in general, we have shows that talk about all different types of wrestling. We talk about NWA, we talk about WWE, AEW. We have our own wrestling federation, Love Pro Wrestling, that we talk about. So give us a follow here on the channel, and you will definitely get your fix if you're looking for non AEW coverage as well, because we cover everything. Um, all right, now we're at the main event. The main event was Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson going against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, like we talked about at the top of the show. Um, Guevara was left on the show, was not sent home like Andrade, was in the main event, and Guevara, which I thought this match was pretty good. This was the anniversary extended edition, so there was a run over. Um, I thought this match was good, as you would expect it to be regardless of what you think about Samuel Guevara, the dude is special inside the ring. Daniel Garcia and Brian Daniel, Daniel Garcia, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Brian Danielson, one of the best wrestlers of all time and still currently one of the best in the world. And Chris Jericho to many is the goat or right up there in the goat discussion. So these are four very good professional wrestlers and they had themselves a really good tag match. Um, Jericho and Garcia did not hold back at all. They they had that moment with the stare down, but they they were going at each other. I thought my, the whole time as the match was going on in the back of my head, I was like, is this going to be one of those things where at the end, like Garcia just goes back with Jericho and turns and kind of does the thing that none of us want him to do? Did, did, was I, okay, I'm glad I wasn't alone because the whole time I'm like, is this all a ruse? Like is this? I all... firmly expected that that would happen. Yeah, like yeah, and it it didn't happen that way. Um, but at the end of the match, Jericho hit Garcia with the Ring of Honor Championship, which led to Guevara pinning Daniel Garcia for the win. So, like like we mentioned at the top, Guevara ended up getting the main event pinfall victory in this match after everything that happened before or right at the beginning backstage with Dynamite. Um, yeah. Drew, talk to me. What do you think about the main event? What do you think? I have always been of the belief that if Garcia does leave Yas, which I think, is he officially out of Yas? Like, has it, it been officially, is he out? Or are they mean, still just kind of disappoint? Like, you know? Judging from last night, it seems like he is. Yeah, like I would say, if you're going to hit him over the head with a belt, I think that's Jericho saying, yeah, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Yeah, it just, it didn't, leading up to this match, it didn't really feel like it. No, it just felt it, like it was a disagreement. And yeah, it just felt like, like, you know, yeah. Daniel was going to turn on, on Brian. Daniel was going to turn on Brian. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and, and just go back to Jericho. But yeah, like you said, like hitting him with the belt pretty much solidified. We're not friends anymore and you're yeah. not part of this. Yeah. So, um, um, but uh, but so as far as the match, um, I I thought the match was fantastic. Yeah, very good. Uh, you know, as you said, and I've said, I said earlier when we were talking about the drama, uh, 
Sammy Guevara is a great wrestler mm-hmm. and is a perfect person for TV wrestling. Like he is just some of his some of his moves are so almost too perfect sometimes. Yeah. Like where you think like, oh God, something bad is gonna happen and he just lands flat on his feet and mm-hmm. like I could never do something like that. So yeah. I give him all the in the world. Um what did end up happening though I was worried about was that a bulk of the match was focused on Sammy Guevara still being there mm-hmm. with you know loud F you Sammy chance mm-hmm. to start the match. Mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like at one point I remember Daniel Garcia was trying to like get the crowd hyped up mm-hmm. felt like because obvious elephant in the room, there was just a gigantic altercation again that happened backstage and one of the people involved in this altercation is in the ring right now even if he wasn't the aggressor as i said before uh i just you know that kind of took me out of it a little bit but the finish hitting him hitting daniel with the belt and Mm -hmm. i thought that was that was the right finish for the match i just don't think it was the time for it at the moment because you've established now the situations aren't exactly the same mm-hmm. you've established that people in a room with a physical altercation get suspended mm-hmm. but somebody directly involved now in an altercation is in main event pinfall victory on yep. television. Yep. That's a little weird. I find that a bit puzzling. Uh, yep. You know, we can't have two different... Again, because it's not the same situation. They can't be directly compared, but it was a physical altercation that happened mm-hmm. between two wrestlers, and in the last physical altercation, Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, and Brian, uh, Brandon Cutler were not involved in the direct altercation, were suspended. Yep. But Sammy Guevara, who, while, if, you know, if, if, if it is true, Andrade threw the first punch, mm-hmm. fine, does not admonish Sammy Guevara at all because nope. he still put him over, actually. Yeah. In the altercation, even yeah. if he wasn't the person who swung first. Mm-hmm. But Sammy Guevara doesn't get taken off of TV. He gets the main event pinfall victory. Yep. So it's it's a weird precedent being sent right now mm-hmm. uh, that I'm worried about because, you know, for all intents and purposes, Andrade could be done with the company. Yep. We don't know. But that's not how... Sammy Guevara should have been treated either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy definitely should have been taken off TV as well. And uh, I'm I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah. So. I mean, we'll see. I mean, like 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 Eric says, uh, you know, backstage AEW has been kind of a mess. I think kind of is like kind of low, low, uh, low descriptor. It is a mess. Um, 
And I think there are things you can look at. Like I saw a lot of discourse on Twitter saying like, why is Tony Khan playing favorites with Sammy? Like, why is Sammy in this match? Like, why is, and that had nothing to do even before he ended up getting the pinfall. It was just like, you know, regardless of who the aggressor is, like, why is one guy being sent home, but the other guy is still allowed to be in a main event on your main TV show, you know? Um, Get the pinfall victory. No correct. <laughs> so again, we'll see. And this is, you know, again, I, Tony Khan has his faults overall. I am. I, I like Tony Khan. I do. I like his enthusiasm. I like the product that he puts out, but there are holes in his management and there are holes in the way that AEW does business that, you know, I think people are now keeping an eye on because of the situations that have occurred over the past six, you know, six months or so. I think there are people paying attention to, the backstage stuff and how things are being handled a lot more than there were maybe the first year or two of the company. Um, and it's gonna, it's, that's going to be part of it. It's going to be, how does Tony handle things? Because again, if the reports are true and it's very blanket, we don't have a ton of details about what happened, but if the reports are true and it was an altercation between two of them, why is, like I said, regardless of the aggressor, if I'm at my job and two of my workers get in a, a heated argument or a, God forbid, a physical altercation. I'm not keeping one of them there to continue working for the day. And the other one goes home. Like you're both getting the hell out of here. Go home, right. go home, act like adults. I'll see you on your next shift. Like get the hell out of here. So I don't know. Very bizarre, very bizarre, especially when then we find out to end the show that this dude's also getting the, like he's going to be the one that goes over. That's just makes it even more bizarre to me. But regardless of that, it was a very good anniversary uh, episode of Dynamite with all things surrounding it. Um, and I would give we... it if you know we didn't discuss doing this, but if yeah. I if I were giving a a score of a show, I would definitely give it four point five out of five scissors. Uh, all right, yeah, that, I would agree with that. I'd be kind of in the four to four and a half range. That would be my wheelhouse as well. I thought I thought it was very good. I thought it was very very good. There was great wrestling matches. Um, yep. Moxley still is the GCW champion, Eric. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so right. He is fighting Nick Gage. I think it's a career match for Nick Gage, isn't it? It's a title career. match first career. So yeah. I expect Gage to win that. Although Gage is up there and he's been through a lot of punishment. You never know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of wrestling with this weekend. There's a lot of wrestling within the next, like you said, there's like, there's a lot. Um, but before we get out of here, we're going to do ourselves a little quick preview of Battle of the Belts. And then starting next week, obviously this is the first week, starting next week we will be recapping Rampage. Obviously we'll be doing Battle of the Belts because that's happening in Dynamite. So we'll be reviewing both shows starting next week. This one we wanted to focus on Dynamite and we obviously had the backstage stuff going on, which was the first pretty big section of the show. Yeah, um, we don't need that every week. No, hopefully that. <laughs> hopefully we don't have stuff like that to talk about every week. I know it does make for good content, but hopefully we're really just talking about some good wrestling and, you know, stories and like how, you know, where things are going. Um, but Battle of the Belts, it's happening tomorrow night at 11 p.m. on the East Coast. I know you and I are both on the East Coast, so we'll have it at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right after Dynam uh, Rampage. So we have two more hours of AEW television tomorrow. As of right now, there are only three uh, matches. We have Pac 
do you, what do you say? Do you say Pac or do you say Pac? Pac, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, Pac will be defending the AEW All-Atlantic Championship against Trent Beretta. We also have the TBS Championship. Jade Cargill going for 39-0. will be defending against Willow Nightingale. And then we also have the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship on the line as FTR will be defending against the Gates of Agony. Um, I do not know if maybe we'll see on Rampage a fourth match added. I do not know. Um, I do feel like they've there's been four matches on belts. I could be wrong. I, think I feel so. like there's been four matches. Um, so we'll see if maybe they add another one on Rampage. Um how you feeling about these three matches? I mean, they're all title matches. It is Battle of the Belts, but I I think they're probably going to have FTR main event, if I would have to guess. Yeah, I think so. But I think I would almost go with Jade and Willow as the as the main event. I think I think you can present. To me, I feel like Jade Cargill is one of the biggest stars in your company. She's one of the biggest stars. Uh, to me, when I see that, like FTR is like, the most fan favorite act on Battle of the Belts, but I think Jade is the biggest star on Battle of the Belts, I think. So I, I would have Cargill and Nightingale main event, but I see FTR main eventing with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. But so far with just these three matches, which one of the three stands out to you? Like, how do you feel about the event in total? Um, yeah, but which match are you looking forward to the most, if I had to put that question out to you? Um I definitely am looking forward to the FTR. Yeah. And the, what's the name of the other team? Gates of Agony. What? Uh, it's Toa, Toa Leona and Khan. That's what that's what it says. That's such a great name. Gates of Agony. Good. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. And they're I've true. Seen, I've never seen them wrestle like in a match. So I'm I'm excited to like. I'm not a big like. I'm kind of like you. I'm a, I was mainly a WWE guy growing up my whole wrestling life. Watched new the big New Japan shows that I should. Watched AEW since its beginning. But like I've never watched a ton of Ring of Honor. I've never watched. I wasn't even a big Impact or TNA person. Um, I was really strictly a, a WWE guy. So like I've never seen Gates of Agony wrestle at all. Like I've never seen right. them wrestle. So I'm looking forward to that too. So um, yeah, it, I think did they, they didn't wrestle at uh, Death Before Dishonor. Nah. Oh, they might have been in a six a six man tag maybe, maybe. Maybe I saw them wrestle live and I don't even remember it. Is that even worse? Is that even worse? Uh, but, <laughs> I, I think I, I feel like I have seen them. They might have been. In, they might have been in a six-man tag in Death Before the Summer um, with Cage. Khan is a physical presence. Yeah, that unmatched. Really. Like that man is just chiseled out of stone, and mm. um, I'm I, I from what I remember, I I enjoy greatly his wrestling style mm. um i think that you know ftr the, the best the, the best the um the the overness that they are at is is just on another level right mm -hmm. now. um which is why you know like the whole thing with the acclaimed like two such over teams oh, i can't wait uh, that'll be incredible if yep. if it ends up being the acclaimed versus FTR. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with that definitely. The yeah. live live actually will help very mm -hmm. much. So. Um, and of course, they're really doing it live because the next night is another company's pay per view. Another company's pay per view, yeah. So uh, we'll be going to. 
Um, Are you going to it officially? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so it's yeah, it, it definitely FTR that match. I'm looking forward to the most. I'm looking forward to the result of Jade and Willow the most, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. regardless of whether they put the title on Willow. I'm expecting a official signing after that match. Yeah, uh, Extreme Rules is Saturday night, my friend. Saturday night, yeah. So you mentioned all those events up there. Yeah, Extreme Rules, you can add into that. And again, this is an AEW show, but Extreme Rules looks like it's going to be pretty uh, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Um, into the Berlin Brutes. Right yeah. Yeah. And you know, Eric said earlier. He said fans are he's fans are over Jade. He said the only thing he hopes doesn't happen is that Willow wins and there's not a crowd reaction. Um, I don't, you know, I don't I know think if Willow gets be. a reaction. Willow Willow gets a reaction when she, she got a great out. pop last night. She did. She she is an overwhelming fan favorite. And they're going to be in the same building. They'll be in the same building. And my thing is, I don't think the fans are over Jade. I think just the booking, like Jade is not, she's not a focus. Like it's very much a, I feel like there's not a lot of intrigue when it comes to Jade because the speculation for most of our fans is like, oh, here's another match for Jade. She's going to win. She's going to win. You know, and I feel like that takes a little bit of the intrigue away from what's happening. You know what I mean? Um, I do think what they have to do, and yeah, I get it. Yeah, I agree. They're over the same old booking. You know what I mean? And I think what eventually needs to happen is Jade needs to lose that title and she needs to go for the AEW women's heavy. Like that's where she needs to go. Um, And I think you can rebuild her on that way to going for the AEW women's championship because she should probably be the AEW women's champion sooner than later. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's unfortunate too, because it seems like a lot of, her feuds or it, it, you know it doesn't even seem like they, they're not feuds they're just yeah, they're exactly. just one-off matches that we all know she's going to win because you're racking up that number correct and, you correct know, it's you know like the undertaker eventually there has to be a one yeah and i you know willow athena chris statlander yeah, i think it was i think it, arguably i think it was supposed to be statlander i really do but she obviously had the knee, the knee thing happen. Right. So she's out again for a while, but they were, they were really setting up for Statlander and Jade to be on a collision course. And I could have seen Statlander being the one that potentially dethroned Jade. So Jade could then make the move right. over to the main women's title. But now, but, but I don't think that she should keep the title for another six months. I don't either. I, uh, I was under the impression that they would try to get to 50 and they would try to get her to be 50 and 0. And I don't really I don't care. I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to. I think the the point has been proven already to me as a as a viewer. The point has been proven that like yeah, this is someone who's special. You know what I mean? And I I haven't fallen out of love with Jade at all. Oh, me neither. I, me neither. I, I, absolutely I see love her. Yeah, I see her every week even last night in that 2 minute stint in the back and I'm like She's a star. Like she looks better and different than everybody else there. And yeah, I I just feel like the TBS title on her has kind of run its course and she needs to kind of do something else. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm kind of with you. I I don't think it will happen. I do think Jade will retain tomorrow night, but I do think Willow is somebody that you can kind of set the standard right away. Like, oh damn, all right, Willow's a top person in Ring of Honor, AEW, whatever. And I think I don't I don't think Willow beating her is a bad call. I think that would be a really good call, actually. I just I still think Jade just wins. I, I I don't know if I don't know if Tony has the person that he wants to beat Jade yet. I don't know. That's well, kind of where not, I'm that at. they're not there right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Probably going to be Statlander. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But it shouldn't now be delayed another X amount of months before yeah. Statlander. Yeah, I think sometimes you just got to pivot and say, "Hey, all right, this was our plan. Well, this is she's not around anymore, so who can fill that void?" And I think Willow is over enough that like a kind of shocking victory for her tomorrow night to win the title right. would be a moment. It would be a moment. And then Jade can kind of work her way back up to, okay, now I'm going for the, the AEW Women's Championship. And I think that's where they should go. Um, right. I don't want to discredit Pac and, Tr and Trent Beretta. I think that match will be really, really good. I, I, oh, wait, I, expect, yeah, absolutely. I expect Pac to retain. That's probably, you know, that to me it's the one on there with the least amount of intrigue um but that will be a good match Tremperetta, i've been a fan of his since he was in wwe so i have been i've been a fan of his for a long long time uh he's a great wrestler tag team specialist singles guy he can kind of do it all for you um and Pac is one of the great workers in the world so uh, i expect that match to be quite a banger um but i'm looking forward to jade and willow and i'm looking forward to ftr uh cuz Every time FTR is wrestling, I, that that's a good thing for us. That's a good Absolutely. thing for us. Um, but yeah, that so that'll be Battle of the Belts. We will be reviewing that in depth next Thursday morning uh, for the second episode of Firmly AEW. I want to thank everybody for hopping in the chat. We had some good participation today in the chat as well. So I want to thank everyone for hopping in there, making this debut a, uh, a really, really good one. It was a fun one. Um, Drew? Let the people know where they can find you on the social medias. Let them know where else they can possibly find you doing some other stuff. Uh, obviously, we'll be here on Thursdays from here on out, but just let the people know uh, where they can find you. Well, uh, firstly, I am at Big Money Drew on Twitter, as I've shown right there. And you can also uh, find me occasionally covering Raw and SmackDown over at Body Slam, the pro wrestling uh, roundtable, a roundtable pro wrestling podcast. And uh, I'm in the Fightful YouTube chat, modding and banning people who are being dorks and stupid. Yep. And, uh, and now you can find me here every Thursday. And I'm Love real it. happy about that. Yeah, I am too. I think this should be really good. This is the first of many, my friend. So I am looking forward to it. Uh, cheers, Eric. Thank you for joining, my friend. Enjoy the wrestling this weekend. And, and to, you know, it. there's a lot. There's a lot of wrestling happening over the next four or five days. So uh, we hope to see you in our chats over here in Love Wrestling uh, a lot more often, Eric. So oh, hopefully we'll see you one last in. thing, too. Yeah. I just found out. Uh, I just did an interview with Tom Talks Rubbish. All right. And Very good. Uh, that uh, I just found out will be airing on Saturday. Cool for subscribers to Tom Talks Rubbers awesome. YouTube channel. Please go do that. He's a yeah. lovely person that does great interviews. Yeah, go check that out. That should be good stuff. Um, 
All right. And we're going to be raiding our friend Speedball Bailey once we get out of here. Um, so, but before we do, we do want to talk about some of our sponsors, as you've seen in the corner underneath me, uh, RK Athletics, any personal training, uh, just want to get in shape, maybe start working out, getting on a good routine. Rich King and the gang over at RK Athletics are the group to go to. Personal training, they help you with nutrition even if you need to. They are the group to call out. Um, so definitely go give them a follow on all social medias at RK Athletics one uh, we also want to talk about manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com, you put in that promo code love wrestling, you will receive 20% off plus free shipping. And that free shipping is worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you live. You'll get that 20% off and you will get that free shipping with the promo code love wrestling manscaped is fantastic. I have been a client or customer of theirs for years and years. Well, before we even had, uh, this little partnership with love wrestling. So go give them a follow. They are a good, great group. They have great products. Let them know that love wrestling sent you and you're liking our partnership with them. Uh, Ophelia, thank you so much. Appreciate that. We, uh, we can't wait as well. Very excited to be starting this with drew and we'll be here every Thursday. Uh, so for big money, drew, I am JPJ. I will be back here tonight, 8 PM Eastern standard time with my boy Plugo, who is in the chat for another episode of between two beards. We're going to have Graham Matthews on for a little extreme rules, pick them show. It should be fun. Um, so be back here tonight at 8 PM. Um, but also follow us for love wrestling. We got shows almost every day of the week. We do reactions. We have love pro wrestling stuff. We have an LPW show. If you give us a uh, follow on Patreon, uh, you can get access to interviews on the LPW show, which leads into our monthly shows at the rec room at the end of each month. So go give us all the love, all the follows. We're going to be raiding our good friend Speedball Bailey in a few. But for Drew, I am JPJ. Thank you all for joining the first episode of Firmly AEW. And we will see you guys next week, Thursday morning for the second episode. And until then, peace out.